Hello guys, it's Dr. Beard and uh, joined by Paul, of course. And uh, today's podcast is going to be about, uh, this is really for uh, those of you who are considering becoming functional medicine clinicians and possibly having a, your own functional medicine practice. And we're health coaches. Or, or in health coaches, but mainly for the clinicians. Okay. Um, and so we're going to give you a little bit of do's and don'ts, things to consider, and, and talk about things I wish I would have done differently from the get-go. All right. Um, but before we do that, you know what we got to do. I don't take nothing that a doctor don't prescribe. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't smoke no blood, man. I don't do no drugs, man. It angers up that blood, man, so I don't do no drugs. All right. So, um, a lot of um, people have reached out to me over the se- past several months wanting to know how I got started, what did I do, um, what, I could, what advice I could give to them, um, because so many people are becoming interested in functional medicine, and I'm very happy to see that, especially when um, I, I've got a lot of nurse practitioners. You, you seem concerned, Paul. No, I'm just watching. Okay. Um, (laughs) there's a lot of um, nurse practitioners and physician assistants and even some other physicians who follow me on social media and they're um, you know intrigued about functional medicine and and have seen the light per se and and see that um, it's a better approach to health and they want to um, become a part of that and I even have some uh, people I went to residency with who have um, who are on the way to certification and have started working in functional medicine practices. So that makes me happy. But you really need to know what you're getting yourself into because um, it is not as financially lucrative as you might think it is. It's also not an established career path. No, there you're, is you're, no... You're creating your career path. There is. There are no guidelines um, I, I didn't have anybody guiding me through this process. Um, and in fact, the, my mentors that I did have who ha- were already certified and introduced me to functional medicine, they were struggling too, and they still struggle to maintain a business. And most of them, nobody I know has a solo, has a practice, and they don't do anything outside of that. Uh, they all have some part-time gigs that they do because that's what you have to do. I still have a part-time gig, yeah. and I've had one since I started this. Paul can attest to that. I've worked in the ER, urgent care centers, uh, the medical director at AR Heart. Now I do some um, other part-time work still. Mm-hmm. I can do it telemedicine, that's why it works so well, but um, it's something that's necessary. So um, here are some things that you need to consider if you are, um, really thinking about heading down this path as a health professional. So the certification process. Um, You guys are lucky in that there's been a lot of changes, especially with the IFM process where they no longer make you physically attend the conferences. You can do them all via teleconference, Mm -hmm. which saves you a ton of money because I was having to track, Paul, Paul went with me, We'd have to book hotel, you know, expensive hotel rooms because they never have these things at cheap places. It's always like some top, you know, five-star Michelin-rated, 
you know, spa or something. I'm, I'm laughing because Bo's eating. <laughs> Bo's eating, Bo's chowing down, so I'm, you, you hear the crunching, that's what's going on. Um, and so, you know, now you can, you don't have to um, spend your money on expensive hotels, flights, and expensive meals. You can just sit and sit at home now and watch it and uh, attend the conferences. So that'll save you a lot of money right there. And, and each one of these, like with IFM, there's six core modules plus a week-long conference that you have to attend um, before you present a case and then take the written exam. And so those courses, you know, they're, they're not cheap. They're probably around a thousand bucks a course. Okay, so that's, that's six grand right there. The week-long course, I don't know if they still, that one was still always you had to attend physically. You had mm -hmm. to be there. And I don't know if that's changed since COVID or not. Probably, I don't know. And the certification for the health coaches is a, is a year-long program. Uh, yeah, I think that's a year-long also. Uh, IFM offers a health coaching certification process. Little watered down uh, compared to some of the others because they are trying to be kosher with all of the state laws about health coaching, what you can and cannot do. Um, whereas Cause, cause each state's different because each state is different. And then there are other certification courses like a for M. You might've heard that one. The, um, the integrative nutrition one, uh, which Annie, our health coach went through uh, and, Cresser. uh, Chris, uh, Chris Cresser has his own functional medicine, health coaching Institute or something like that. So you can look into those and they're all, you know, um, they all seem to be pretty quality. Okay. Yeah. So just do your research when it comes to that. And just know that the certification process is going to take a little bit of time. Um, I got in there, signed up for every single one of the um, the courses as soon as I after I took after I attended the first one and realized it wasn't a bunch of quackery and they were these people were onto something. I signed up for all of them right there on the spot and I had them done within a year and a half. And then I um, uh, submitted my case and and didn't and and took the written exam and passed and became certified. Um, and spent a lot of money doing it, <laughs> but it's a lot cheaper now. So, so that's the sort of, you just think about the certification process. It takes some time and you will definitely have to invest some money. So just make sure that's going to pay off for you. And then of course there's the $350 annual membership for IFM. <laughs> Every year you have to pay them $350. That's more than my board, my state license. You know, they're, it's not cheap. Um, they're very proud of their product. It's not that much. but Well, it, it is when you start adding it all up. For what all. you get, right. So that's, that's the certification process. So the next thing you need to consider is, are you going to have a cash model or an insurance model? And this one is, I can tell you right now, Paul and I tried the insurance route. Um, we had a brick and mortar office in a very nice building. We went the insurance route and it just, it does not mesh well with functional medicine. Well, it's, you have to have some administer with the insurance companies. You either hire it out where, right. they're, where they're doing it. So, they so they're handling the collections and submissions of the, of the, of the, um, the coding that you the, provide. The coding and the bills and all that. So you have we had a we hired a company to take care of that. Of course, that eats into your profits. And then the rent does. Yeah, there's no real good codes for functional medicine. No, so there's not. And that's so you're really just trying to go for an extended visit, mm -hmm. and you need more than that, more time. 
So it, it really, the insurance model really works well for a volume business. Yes. And does and, it, not work well. And functional medicine is not a volume business. Because everyone says, well, it'd be great once insurance pays for functional <laughs> medicine. It's like, well, they're going to want to pay for a 10, 15 minute visit. Yeah. And you just can't really do a whole lot in 10, in 10 to 15 minutes via functional medicine approach. Well, especially because for every 10 or 15 minutes you spend with the patient, you're spending double that behind the scenes. Doing the documentation, submitting the claims and just taking care of the business. Well, also with functional medicine, researching it. Yes. And it's, it's not just the FaceTime that you're doing. It is not that whole click, click the box on the screen, submit your claim and you're on to the next patient. A lot of these patients are gonna leave you scratching your head and, and you're gonna spend a ton of time, even after you've been through the certification process and you think you know it all, <laughs> You have just touched, I mean, it's this to the tip of the iceberg. There is so much more self-study that you're going to have to do. And that's where I found, it, to, it still is frustrating for me. I'm like, I need more time just to sit around and study. Mm -hmm. uh, it never ends. And so the insurance model, in my opinion, does not work well at all for functional medicine. It's just not set up for it. The, you are going to be thinking much differently than you will than you were when you were in the conventional medicine model. You're going to find you're going to get frustrated with the diagnosis codes. You're going to want to order the specialty tests that are very popular with functional medicine practitioners, and the insurance companies don't want to pay for them. And um, and then uh, when they do want to uh, pay for some of it, the the paperwork. They want additional documentation. Then the documentation required is is burdensome. And so you're, you want to do this for your patients because you want to help them out. But at the same time, all it is is just your, it's more and more of your time. And it, you only have so much time in the day. Well, it really comes back to the way you feel about insurance in general. It's, yeah. It should be for catastrophic. Catastrophic, not chronic. Or, or not even for, not for wellness either. No, not at all. So I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the insurance model. I'm glad we got out of it. Um, Bo has decided to play with his um, his stuffed animal right now. He's slinging it on the floor. Bo, stop, please. So, um, and then also there, there are, you might come across some. <laughs> Dang it, Bo, every time. Um, you might come across some functional medicine practice who do participate in insurance. They do exist, but they also have other gigs that are supplementing the insurance model. A lot of them will have um, like spa services, IV nutrition therapies, of course there's supplement sales, aesthetic practices. Those are all cash cows. And so that's how they're supplementing their insurance side of the thing. And it has to be completely it has to be something that is not covered by insurance. Yeah, you can't be one foot in the insurance market, one foot out. That's not how the game works. And you will quickly understand how the insurance model really ties your hands if you if you want to start playing with them. Yeah, we tried it. We tried that, and we argued that you don't have a code for functional medicine. But there was enough with the lab overlap. They said no. You either have to. 100% participate in our program, or you cannot, yeah. and we chose not to. Mm -hmm. So it's a controlling mechanism. Yeah, so just be, whatever state you're in, just be be very aware of the laws and how the insurance companies are running the show in your state. And I'm just telling you, I'd stay far away from it. 
it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. I feel like I'm getting in bed with the devil, you know? <laughs> and so that's, yeah. that's why I don't like it. Uh, I'm not a fan of sleeping with Satan. So, the cash model. I love it. It's simple. Cash is king. But people are still stuck on that whole copay mentality, mm-hmm. you know? And when they're paying out of pocket, when they have insurance, it's a tough one to swallow. Yep. You know? It, and, I, and I hate it. I mean, they have this ex, these expensive insurance plans that they were forced to get, and they can't use it. You can do standard labs. Yeah, and I'm going to get to that. Okay. So uh, for us, we, we will allow our in-state Arkansas patients to use their insurance for standard labs that we may use. But for some of them, that is still not a good deal because their, in, their benefits don't really pay that much. They like, have an 80-20 lab. Uh, benefit and so we order these labs and it costs them like you know a thousand dollars when if they would have just paid the cash rate for the same labs it would have cost them less yes so we're always trying to educate our patients on this uh, this this issue about cash fee labs and their insurance benefits Um, so cash is king I love it it works well except the fact that you are having to convince people <laughs> that um, them spending their money, you know, their out-of-pocket money with us is um, a good thing. Well, this comes back to you. Have to watch it's our, an investment. You have to watch our previous episodes about how to deal with insurance. Yeah. And, and if you're There's getting, some good ones. Yeah, if you're getting insurance through work, and I know a lot of you are, that's why you want to use your insurance because right. it's, quote, free. Right. I think it, it, it's, it's the practitioner cannot work in that model. No, and I, and I hate that, but um, it's just it's just the way it's set up right now. I would love to be able to participate in the insurance market and let you use your insurance, but it, it I, I cannot help you in that in that scenario. Right. So that's my my little take on the cash models. Um, the, then you have to consider brick and mortar buildings versus telemedicine. Okay. So we had a brick and mortar clinic for a long time right um when i and there are advantages to it there are people like it people like it but a lot of people are getting used to these telemedicine visits now since the age of covid and they're finding out that they like it you know you can just sit there in your sofa and your your robe with your coffee and you can meet with your health coach or your clinician people like it yep and since we're dealing with chronic issues it works well Okay, and when and the technology has advanced a lot to where you can do it from your phone, your iPad, your computer, you know, and even grandma can do it. We have we meet with grandmas all the time, and they do just fine. Yep. Okay, so you know, and then the brick and mortar, you got a lot of overhead that you need to consider, and just look what happened to the people with brick and mortar businesses this past year. At any time. The government can come in and just close you down or put up so many obstacles that you're just like, screw this, I'm not going to deal with it. And so many of your patients are autoimmune. It's good to be for them not to expose themselves. So, I mean, it's, 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 and it's it's harder for the elderly to get out and Mm -hmm. about and, and, you know, and then a lot of patients live far away from, you know, your clinic, you're, if, I don't know where you're going to be locating this, but if it is not in a major metropolitan area, you really need to consider doing telemedicine because um, where you get where your clientele going to come from, you know. It, it also helps with compliance. I mean, that's probably the biggest issue yeah. you have. 
and life gets in the way so the more barriers you can remove like i just didn't have time to come into a visit well or i was on vacation i couldn't or i was on a business trip mm -hmm. it, it removes all those barriers which it's human nature to put up barriers to prevent right. doing things that are difficult yeah and your patients aren't having to drive you know an hour and a half in to see you or even two or three hours we were having people travel that far to come see us when we were in little rock in our office and so now they don't have to do that um, they really, they really like that aspect, and um, the people who had trepidation signing up and doing it for the first time after that first encounter, they were like, "Oh, this is great, I like it." And and because of COVID, most states have relaxed their laws where this would be applicable everywhere. But you're gonna have to keep checking on it because there are some states that required prior to this they required a one-time face-to-face. Face. Arkansas is not one of those. Correct. So you just have to look at your own things. Look and, at your laws. And you may have to get creative to get around that. You may have to have some group meetings. And I'm, it seems crazy, but to keep an office for that, most of these people coming in for functional medicine. And I want to talk about that. Okay. I'm, I'm messing up your sequence. Well, because you don't know my sequence. Well, you never so. share it. I well, I, I shared it briefly with you. Mm. But I, I'm, I'm guiding ahead. you. I'm all guiding right, you ahead. all. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just long ride for this one folks <laughs> no I wanted you here because you've been an integral part of this whole thing since day one so you have a lot to say I know that uh, you <laughs> the the marrying a doctor thing didn't turn out how Paul thought it was, was going to turn not out nearly as lucrative as I was hoping. <laughs> Big, big financial dream. Unfortunately, I have principles, you know, and he found that out real quick. But he's also happy that I do have principles. Um, the other thing I want to talk about are health coaches. Um, use them. <laughs> Hire one. You need them. Mm -hmm. um, we did, there was a poll at a conference I attended with a bunch of functional medicine practitioners, and they, they asked us about using health coaches and who should the patient be seeing the most? Overwhelmingly, everybody said the health coaches. It comes back to compliance. You need to spend time. It, yeah, because this is about making lifestyle changes, right? And the health coaches, that's what their specialty is. You give them their marching orders, and they make sure your patients understand them and stick with them. They're coaches. That's the key is their coaches. They're good at removing barriers. Mm -hmm. they're, they're good at people put up obstacles and that's the coach's job. To, I can be a health coach. I know what to tell them. Mm -hmm. I'm just not that nice. No, and you... And, and that you need that coaching that... Um, if you I'm, want a drill sergeant for a health coach, then you might want to see Paul. I think about putting a bio up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, would be, you would actually be a good one, but not for everybody. I'd, I'd make so some, some people, people cry. Yeah, you would probably make a few cry, but... If you're like me, I, you know, I had coaches. I played softball. I played all kind of sports. So I was used to just, you know, that rough approach and suck it up and do what you got to do. So I would probably respond well to a coach like that, not from you, but from somebody else. Got you. Um, so, so get yourself a health coach. You, the, I cannot stress this enough. You cannot do everything, nor should you be doing everything. You, you have to make the most efficient use of your human resources, okay? Yeah, so. Using your most expensive item, a physician, to teach 
gluten sensitivity is not effective. Or, or to teach somebody about elimination reintroduction diet. That, that's not what a clinician should be doing. That's what your health coach needs to be doing. Okay, and then that frees you up so that you can do research and and, and more of the and, and delve into the more complicated cases and try to figure out what's going on with some of these people. Um, so that's the health coach's part. The business of running a business, and this is where Paul can really speak to this. Paul has a business background. Um, I do not, and it's very obvious to him that I do not. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not terrible at it. I just, it's the business of running a business. I'm a doctor. I want to do doctor things. I want to do functional medicine stuff. Um, and so, but there's a lot of, you know, there's the advertising and marketing component. You got to do it. You got to get the word out that your business even exists. Okay. Then there's the accounting part, collecting the money, distributing the monies, paying the bills, all of that. Um, who's answering your phones? How are you going to handle the phone situation? Um, we have my Aunt Faye handles our phone, so does, so does Paul. Um, Aunt Faye will kick up some of the clients to pay, for Paul to talk to, you know. Um, and so she has agreed to work with us. She just kind of hangs out in her her um, condo in, in Georgia and, and um, oh, she, she gets out and about. <laughs> she gets out and about, oh, definitely, but she does it on her time where she's um, answering emails, uh, handling a lot of the admin stuff, and then um, answering the phone. Um, and and we, we have tried to make this business as um, automated as possible because mm -hmm. you have to, otherwise, you're, you, it will eat up all your profits by if you hire hire this out yeah. for somebody. So you're going to think you you have to think creatively. If mm -hmm. you're going to do brick and mortar, you may want to share yes. receptionist share, with, with, share, some, yes. with someone else. Or you know, we see offices that can be successful. They might have multiple disciplines under one roof. Right. You could be the functional medicine discipline right. and you utilize. And that would work well, I would think. It it does. There, it, there is no one way. Arkansas, because of the way we're the, the demographic here. Um, you need to fish the whole state in yes. order to have a functional medicine well, practice. It's a, it's a small state, three million people, yep. and a lot of and a lot of those are, you know, we're one can't. The, we're one of the poorest states. Can't afford our services, no matter how low we might go. Um, and that's something else we're going to talk about too: is how much are you going to charge? Um, so just and then there's then there's the oversight of your employees. Um, the technical challenges that arise with all of this, um, the EMRs, the, the uh, telemedicine, still has to be HIPAA the teleconferencing things, um, all the software services that you're going to have to, uh, to use to do this. There's a, it's a big learning curve and uh, you, you have to learn it. Yeah, I mean, it's just you, you, making sure that everything's HIPAA compliant. Simple things like, is your email HIPAA compliant? How are you going to communicate to the patient? That um, you can't just text them things. Either. Right. You have to. You have to be aware of all of those laws, and and it's just you have to stay on top of it. And just know that when you sign on to do this, you are going to become a small business owner, mm -hmm. and you're going to quickly find out that um, it is the. <laughs> Government doesn't really like small business owners, or at least it doesn't seem like it, because they sure do put up a lot of roadblocks. Well, it's just more things to do. Yes, a yeah. lot, a lot of little. She hates it, so she. Piddly can things to do. 
I just feel like they insert their nose in my business when they don't need to be doing so. Well, it doesn't add any value for sure. No, it, it just it's a hindrance. So you'll have lots of frustrations with that, but it's still at the end of the day, it's worth it. I hope I hope it'll be worth it for you. I still find that it's worth it, you know. Um, so here's what we use, uh, and this is how we have our business structured right now. And most of you already know this: we're 100% telemedicine. Um, we have just switched to Serbo as our EMR, and we are ditching Practice Fusion and Living Matrix. Um, they just were not, and even so, they were not meeting our needs as a functional medicine EMR. They weren't, it wasn't an EM, the practice fusion is an EMR, but it's, it wasn't getting the job done. But Serbo doesn't meet our needs 100% either. There is no perfect functional medicine EMR on the market right now. Serbo would be the closest. It's, yeah. not, it's not cheap. So again, that's a... Yeah, and Parsley Health uses Serbo. I don't know if you might be aware of what Parsley Health is a telemedicine, a functional medicine telemedicine um, business where they have uh, functional medicine practitioners in all of the state, almost all of the states it's, probably. It's very similar to our model. It's very similar it's to our model. A lot more successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, they, they also offer packages, which is something we'll talk about okay. too. Um, so we use Serbo. We have, right now we use Zoom. Um, they're HIPAA compliant version of Zoom, which is expensive. Uh, hopefully we can get away from that soon because Servo has a built-in um, teleconferencing, um, I guess you would say app or whatever. It, it'll save somebody, it's still- you know. But we're gonna make sure that it works first before we get rid of Zoom right now. And then we use the Acuity Scheduler. Um, it's right on our website. We have that right there where our clients can come in and schedule themselves. We have uh, the intake forms that are automatically sent out to them that they complete and they send them back to us and it populates their chart. So that's a great uh, tool that we use um, and also collects their, uh, their credit card payments right there on the spot as well. Okay, And then our um, clinicians and health coaches also have the ability to um, charge clients on the spot um, if they go over in time or something like that. We use Avexia Diagnostics as a third-party uh, testing company. Um, they, they offer a lot of standard labs from LabCorp um, that, are, that are cash fee prices, and then they also uh, supply all kinds of uh, specialty testing kits for cash fee prices, and you can set your prices how you want. To, to, for them to be set. And they'll drop ship for you. And they'll drop ship for you. It's it's a, I, I'm a fan of Uvexia Diagnostics. They've been very um, easy to work with. Good and company. Very, and good company, very responsive. Uh, we also use Fullscript, which is an online dispensary. We have the little button on our page. So if you go through Fullscript from our website, you get um, discounts that I've already uh, established. If you go through my site, you get those discounts. But Fullscript is, has it, if it's not on full script, it's just, it doesn't exist, I don't think. They carry almost everything. They carry almost everything. Yet we still carry our own line of products too. Um, we made the choice to do that because we have the Total Gut Job program and we wanted all of our products to have the same look and things like that. And I wanted to formulate some of my own products because I could not find what I felt was good for my patients on full script. So that's the, we use a compounding pharmacy that we use for that, that 
there's certain volume hurdles you have to hit in order yeah. to make that effective. But yeah, your multivitamin is unlike. It's anything. the best one on the market by far. Yeah, by far. And I'm and I'm I'm really I mean I mean me I mean, of course it's mine. You say oh you're biased, but no, it's a four in one, and I made it that way because I didn't want to rip people off by making them buy four different products like a lot of people do. And that's another thing. Are you gonna you know are you going to uh, have your own line of supplements? Do you want to even do that? That's a whole other. That's a whole other side of the business. And Paul takes care of that, and he does an excellent job. Or you can just use full script. That's what a lot of people do, because mm-hmm. um, you do make a little bit of profit off that. If you can starting, make more if, or less. It just depends on where you want to set your discounts at. If you're starting out, full script is definitely the way you want to. Yes, go. definitely. So look into full script, um, and they're they're a good company too. I've not had any problems with them as well. Um, we also use MailChimp for, like, if we want to send out mass emails. We've kind of backed off of that recently. We might start it back up at some time. Because uh, people get some emails. They just yeah, get, I just don't want to bombard people with emails. I don't like getting them all the time. They know how to find us. You know, but I, there are, I get emails, like, from um, Mercola or Cresser. I like those. I like to see what they're doing, what they're up to. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Our, our open rate's not that great. Huh? Our opening rate. People who the, you, you, get, you get the rules of who opens. Oh, yeah, we can tell who opens. And it's so just it's, not that good, and we just stopped doing it because it's just money that we were spending every month that really wasn't paying off. Um, we used Google Ads for a while. They are very expensive, and uh, we stopped using them, and it did not affect our business. Yeah, I think we'd get people who they'd put down, they found us through Google, but they're still finding us through Google. Yeah. So, I mean, so, it didn't make it was, a lot of difference. Yeah. This is where it goes about having a, another job to begin with, where you can build, no, seriously, where you can build your business slowly, because word of mouth is still, by far, mm-hmm. the, the number one referral we get is word of mouth. Yes. The second one would probably be the IFM website. Yeah, once you become certified, they will put your name on the on the website. So, if people are looking for somebody in Arkansas, you'll come up. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, of course, we use Rock Street Associates for our website. Right. Rock 2. Rock 2. Sorry. What's Rock Street? Mm-hmm. Something. Rock 2. I am so sorry. So did I leave out anything? Is, are there any other little software programs that we use day to day for the clinic practice? Not for the clinic. It would be for the shipping for the, side. Yeah. The, like the, I said, the supplement side is a whole other business in itself. I think the main takeaway is that think about the business side before investing on all the certification because people immediately want to go for the certification and the learning process, which is great if you still want to just do that. Well, you but need to. You need to think about the business side. How am I going to do this? You know, there are a few clinics that do hire. So if you live in an urban area, there are career paths mm-hmm. to work for um, for other functional medicine doctors, and right. that is one path. If you're in a smaller state like Arkansas, then you're usually going to have to do it on your own because there's there's no one there's established. Somebody else. There's no one established. And at that point, that's kind of who we're addressing now, where it's difficult and it's not difficult. I mean, I'm not trying to discourage you. Just go into it eyes wide open. Same thing with the health coaching. People fall in love with the concept of health coaching, but how are you going to deliver your product? How are you going to make a business out of it? Yeah. How are you going to differentiate yourself? You really need to think through. And frankly, I think if you're going to, if I was purchasing a health coach, I would want one through a physician that would have access to a right. physician because you need the triage process. The health coaches can handle. A lot of things. 70, 80 yep. percent, great. And then you have Dr. Connor underneath you, who's yep. great, and she can take it to the level. And then you have that you're kind of that backstop for all the most difficult ones, and even a few things get past you, because mm-hmm. you said you you always say you're not going to cure everyone. No, and I'm going to talk. I'll, I'll mention that as well. So um, 
Yeah, think about the business. Just really think it through. Um, what, what and when you think about what you're going to charge, <laughs> where are you located, and who's your competition? Here in Arkansas, you you just simply are not going to be able to charge what people are charging in the big cities and on the coast. I know everybody looks at their prices and like, wow, I bet they make a ton. Well, I mean, I don't, are, are they booking back-to-back-to-back, you know? Because, I mean, when you start doing these functional medicine consults, you can't see 10 patients a day. No. I, I, I can't. It wears me out. Well, remember, we, there's so much time behind the scenes. So you can't put it, if you put in 40 hours of FaceTime, you're going to need another 40, 20 50. Or 20 hours at least of non-FaceTime just for your documentation and research of all these things. Yeah. So you're, you're going to have to... Think about what a real a realistic caseload every day looks like for you, and I can tell you right now, five patients a day for me, I I don't want to talk anymore. Well, and not and that's and that some of them could be follow up, some of them could be brand new patients. It just it kind of matters what kind of complicated patients they are, um, but you'll soon find out that it's a it's a big um, it's a lot of work on the brain. Well, and. What is the purpose for your business? And so when Amy and I started to think about that, it's like she says, I want to bring functional medicine to the flyover country, yeah. which is basically, you know. The forgotten people. <laughs> yeah, everyone between the coast. So we built the model that way. We, we built it lean so we could keep our prices low. Frankly, I think you, we could have probably doubled our prices and only lost maybe 30%. Because mm-hmm. there's so many people who still come to us and say, you're so inexpensive. So and then there's some who are like, man, I, that's a lot of money, and, and I just like, just compare us to other functional medicine practices. Just go to this website and take a look at what these people are charging, and then get back with us. Point being is that when you choose your price point, it, as a business model, and I, I could have pushed back, but you, you said you wanted to bring functional medicine to as many people as possible, so that was the that was the mission statement. If it had been truly just a business decision, I would have pushed you to say. No, we're going to triple our rates, take that crowd that's not going to leave anyhow, and keep the business model much simpler, and it would have been more profitable. But then you would have left out a lot, lot of people, a lot of and people. I just did not want to do that. Right. So what is your purpose of your model? Is it to bring it? And I'm not, it's not a bad thing to service those people. Because people, if you make a martyr of yourself and you're, you're miserable, you still have to, at the end of the day, make a living. So think about these type things. Because there's a lot of work that goes on, like you know, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes and not during that face-to-face interaction. And you have to you have to account for that time, mm-hmm. you know, because it will add up. Yep. It adds up real, real quick. Um, so the kind of the, the job duties in our practice, we've got Paul, who's, I call him my patient liaison, um, because w- when people reach out to me on Facebook or whatever, they, and they'll tell me, you know, their problems, and they're kind of wondering about what they should do. And I'm like, just call Paul, tell him what your concerns are. First of all, go to the website and just look at how we work. Because if if you're not into that, then don't even bother Paul. So I tell them to go to the website first, and if they still have questions, then they call you. Um, so that and, and then and Paul also handles a lot of the technical stuff that sometimes can go wrong. Um, Hannah also helps out. Hannah really helps. Hannah. <laughs> She's so much smarter. God, she, she, thank lo- you for sending love young, Hannah young into people. our lives. Um, she, uh, Hannah walked into my office several years ago 
wanting to just work for us for free. Remember, and she just wanted to, and um, now, now, she, now she could ask us pay us this, and we would say yes. <laughs> yeah, she, now she can get whatever she wants. Uh, she's just been a big blessing. Um, she's not only is she a very, very she's a very smart, compassionate individual. Um, but she's, she's just got a lot of skills and we thank God that we have her on our side. Um, Annie Hale, <laughs> another blessing. I mean, she's just the, the most awesome health coach out, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known Annie for a long time. And so she's, you know, uh, our fantastic health coach, Dr. Kynard handles a lot of the, the, the clinical parts. Mm-hmm. She has a, we have a thyroid program and she sees a lot of those patients. Um, she and the health coaches work together a lot and then I am there to kind of oversee the operation and whenever questions concerns arise with patients they come to me or if there's a complex some, some type of complicated issue that where they've tried everything nobody knows what's going on then I come into the picture okay um, and then of course people can just they can see me if they want to uh, yeah. but I'm not gonna be giving you any talking about candida diets or anything like that. It's just more of these bigger um, conceptual type meetings, second opinions and things like that. Um, advertising and marketing, that's something you need to consider. How are you going to get the word out? I've already mentioned this briefly, but social media is going to be your best friend. Learn how to use it, learn how to use it well, and stick with it, be consistent. Um, Sometimes life gets in the way and it's and it's hard to do that. You'll get burned out. You're like, why do I want to post today? I feel like I talk about this all the time. And what you'll find is that there's there's so many things that are familiar to you, but it's not familiar to your audience and your followers. So uh, some of this stuff you feel like you know like the back of your hand, but your 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 followers don't. And you're always gradually picking up new followers, and they may have never seen that information. At least that's what I struggle with. Um, cause I feel like it's boring and, and everybody else like, Oh, I, I had no idea. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. So this interests you. All right. We'll, we'll talk about some gut health some more. I feel like that's all I'll talk about. Um, and then, um, health fairs don't even, <laughs> just don't. <laughs> we try it with business, business fairs, business expos. I mean, we did those and I just, I really, I mean, we might have, picked up a couple of patients doing them, but it was just not worth it. At least I don't think it was. Well, especially, it's, it's changing. When we started, functional medicine was not a, a known entity, so you had to introduce them to the concept, and then you try to sell them on you. Yeah, we were going to sell the concept of functional medicine. So now people are, are looking, it's, it's, it's getting easier, because now functional medicine, which that name's been adulterated also, mm-hmm. just like the integrative or holistic, you know, Everybody's I'll, calling themselves that, and there's like zero, oh, zero certification to back it up. And I, I know there's some doctors here in the state that call them functional medicine doctors, and they know just enough to be dangerous, mm-hmm. and they're ripping people off. And I'm not going to say who, but I know what's happening. If they're not certified, and there's not an M, a certified MD on the staff, it, you should be wary. Yes, just because they say they're functional medicine and they offer you these fancy tests does not mean they are that they're qualified to take care of you okay so don't don't be enamored with all the fancy tests that they like to run very expensive a lot of them and think that that's functional medicine and they just throw some supplements at you and some tests that is not functional medicine at all 
Well, that's, and you're giving us a bad name. I wish you'd stop that. Well, it's IFM's fault because they allow the certification process to be too broad. I, I, well, and that's a whole other uh, discussion. So radio and TV shows, I did them. You know, I, I remember us getting up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning so we can get dressed and drive into Little Rock to be on, you know, Channel 7 for some type of morning show. Remember doing that? Yeah, but they give you so little time. And she was wanting free Botox for it. <laughs> Seriously, that's what it came down to. Now I know why they approached me. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I've done some radio shows. They were fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't... Now, the stuff with Dave Ellswick was a lot of fun. Dave, with Dave, it was. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, and it's just a good place. If you just want to talk about functional medicine, get the word out, do it as a public service, then great. Go on some radio shows, you know? Um, I did it more for the cause than anything, and I like I like talking to Dave. So, um, when you're on social media, be prepared to be trolled. Um, it's just going to happen. And, and it, when the first time it happens and it's really bad, you're it's going to freak you out because it's like, oh my goodness, all these ha- people are saying such hateful things about me, and and they're pulling up stuff on my website and trying to smear me with it and calling me a quack and just. The first time it happened to me, I had to spend a whole day blocking them. There were that many coming after me. It was an organized troll attack. Um, but if you're not getting trolled, you're not doing it right. Well, there's certain topics that are more controversial yes. that'll bring them out. Absolutely. And I found out quickly what those topics were. And in fact, right now, I can't post anything on Facebook for three days. Um, so... Again, because of a meme. <laughs> because of a meme, it was an awesome meme too, and they just did not like it. Um, word of mouth, at the end of the day, is your best form of advertisement. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how we get most of our clients: word of mouth and referrals. We've started finally picking up referrals from a lot of physicians and other healthcare professionals who are sending their patients to us, and we really appreciate that. Yep, they have our trust, and that means a lot. When you get those referrals from other health professionals, you're like, that feels good. Like, uh, finally, we got some people on our side now. Yeah. That's real good. Um, we also, Paul and I chose to do this podcast, which is great if you actually do a podcast and actually sit down and do episodes, which we were really good at at first. It's just, we'll get back into it. But this we'll get back into it. It's been tough. You know, this year's been tough. More of a mental thing. It is a mental thing. Um, the startup cost for your podcast, you know, not terribly expensive, but don't buy it if you're not going to use it. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you have to buy, equipment plus all the software stuff. And I mean, it's, it's pretty minimal, but if you want the audio to be good, yeah. it, it costs under a thousand. But it's a great way to reach and grow. Reach an audience and grow your practice if you had a really good podcast. Because you cannot go over complicated topics on Facebook. You can't. No we did, way. We did Facebook Lives and we finally realized that no one was no one was watching past like minute 13. Yeah. And we, did, we did some that were 45 minutes. It's like, okay. Oh, we really a, got into some of them, you know. We had they, a lot to say. Well, they were in-depth. And so it's just not a forum where they want to consume that. Where podcast, they are. You know, it's more, okay, I'm going to spend 30, 40 minutes with someone. But podcasts take time to do them well. Mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of improvement there in that area where we just need to treat it like a job and um, do a better job at uh, doing some research for our podcast and all that. So here's what I would do differently if I could do it all over. All right, we're, and we're getting down to the 
to the end, Paul, so we can, Paul's dying to make some fish tacos. I would do telemedicine from the get-go, okay? Would have done it from the get-go. Uh, would have used health coaches from the get-go, okay? Um, I would have work at, I did this, and I think I did a pretty good job, but work at growing your social media presence. There's some things I could do, but I'm not, I'm not one of those cutesy people. I don't like dancing around on TikTok or Instagram and with all the sparkles and stuff going everywhere. I, I, that's not me. I mean, I have made some, some videos in the past just because I, it was my creative outlet and it was funny and it made people laugh. Um, but definitely get smart with the social media. Um, make things as automated as possible. Okay. Um, pretty charts and graphs are great, but at the end of the day, people just want to feel better. Okay. Um, delegate, delegate, delegate. Use your human resources effectively and efficiently. That means dump it on your spouse. <laughs> Who does such a great job. Find a niche. Don't you agree? Yes. Functional medicine is too broad. There's so many ways you can go within the functional medicine model. There's this, you can have little specialties, which is kind of feels weird because, you know, I hate dividing things into, we're not dividing them into organs per se, but you almost have to, to reach your, reach an audience because people just don't, they don't understand that everything's related. They like to focus on, I've got a thyroid problem. I have IBS. I have eczema. I'm a hormone patient. And as much as you are going to get, don't want to treat people like that, because that's kind of what functional medicine will, will, functional medicine changes your whole approach. And you start seeing that the thyroid condition is affected, is, is the same thing as, the same thing causing the thyroid problems, same thing as causing the IBS, same thing causing the depression. They're all related. And so, as much as you don't want to divvy them up into those diagnoses, it's almost like you have to to bring in the business because that's how people think about health. That's how they've been trained to At think. least the way you're talking to them. So you, yeah. you, you're marketing in those terms. Right. Still it, yes, marketing in those terms, but treating them as the whole patient, mm -hmm. uh, which is it's, it's, it's difficult to do. Um, and, you'll, and you'll soon find that out. Um, I would do group meetings from the get-go. I think group meetings are where it's at. We're still, um, we have a health coach who is working on doing that, working with um, uh, prenatal health and nutrition, mm -hmm. getting you bought your body ready for baby. And she's going to be offering some group meetings, I hope, real soon for that. And then we might expand that to other um, groups. I think it's, I think it's, we kind of do that with our total gut job. Yeah, you have so, to, and it's very goes over very well. It has to be in more general topics that you group into groups because it's, it'd be difficult to get in unless you're in a big, you know, unless you have unlimited patients, right. which is not the case. But it's hard to get enough for a thyroid group or a, a an IBS group by itself. And then everybody has different causes and mediators, so it's really can be difficult to do that. So those group meetings would need to be very specific things. Um, and not everything lends itself to a group meeting. Mm -hmm. I'd also do programs. People like programs. Um, people like programs and they like memberships because they know exactly how much it costs 
Whereas the way we do it right now, it's like, well, how much is this going to cost me? And we're like, mm, we don't really know. We don't know how complicated you are. We don't know how come, uh, um, if you're going to be compliant or not. We don't know you, so it's hard for us to say how much it's going to cost you. We can kind of give you some generalities. You know, it typically costs this much for this patient. You know, we can give you that. Um, so we are, that's why it's got us considering doing programs. Because people like to know what, how much exactly this is going to cost them so they can budget appropriately. It's, it's really not changing anything. It's how, it's just, you're just changing the approach to billing. Right. So I'm going to, over the next six months, it'll cost this much. And typically within six months is how much time it takes. Right. Which is exactly the same thing I tell them now. Right. It, it, it just, because they're still going to have to add things. It's right. just, I always say people will spend $1,000, no problem, but they have trouble spending $200 five times. Right. It's just that. It is. It's a, just a little mental. I want to know what my, uh -huh. what the, get to the bottom line. Right. <laughs> so that's something you, you, you will struggle with. Um, but I, all of the practices do. Okay. And then um, don't waste all your patients' money on expensive testing. That won't change what you do. Your patients have a finite amount of money that they are willing to spend. And I would make sure that, that you help them spend it wisely. And if you have a new patient, don't spend all their money the first visit ordering $1,000 worth of expensive tests don't do that. Don't make that mistake because most of them, um, if you look at what they're doing, you, it's obvious to see that their diet is horrible. They're stressed out. They're on these medications. They're not sleeping. So that's where you start with the lifestyle stuff. And usually that works their health issues out when you start having them um, address those lifestyle issues and, and make and have them uh, make the right changes and then their, their problems start going away and then you realize you don't need to order all those expensive tests even though your patients a lot of them want them and you have to sometimes like talk them out of it yes you but if they're adamant they're like i don't care how much they cost i want to know i'm like all right let's go spend your money but as soon as they do the basics those labs change. Right. So that's what you have to explain to them. It's like, we can do them now, but we're going to have to do them again. But in the end, I tell them, it's not going to change what I want you to do right now. I know your stool study is going to come back looking like doo-doo. <laughs> no pun intended. And I know your, your hormone levels are going to be all jacked up. I know this. I can hear your symptoms. You're telling me your symptoms. I know what I'm going to see. And, and you're still drinking Diet Cokes and you're stressed out and you're taking ibuprofen every day and, and you're never exercising. And you've got a lot of those things, just you've got a lot to work on lifestyle wise. So that, that's um, that piece of advice. Um, and then, like Paul said, uh, don't quit your day job. You have to grow your practice. And maybe yours will grow quicker than mine did. Um, I hope it does because I still work part-time job even after you know we've been doing this for a while well, you're, you're but we've had different renditions we have you know yeah, we had, we've, a we've, lot of changes yeah the last kind of find our way well, you had to find your way you had different ideas of what you wanted to do and those things have changed but but there was nobody guiding us no you know there, there, there's no business plan for a functional medicine practice it's, it's starting you start to you know this is things like this or right. people are putting it out it's um 
by keeping your day job, you're not you're you're practicing what you preach because you can you must reduce your stress levels. If you bank everything on this, oh, <laughs> you will be so stressed out. Yeah, so it takes. It, like, oh, can I pay my grocery bill this? It takes time to build by word of mouth, and yeah. if you allow for that transition, and also it's kind of a quality of life. You can you kind of see both sides. Right. It, it's, it's hard to do functional medicine. That's your only job because it's, it's it's draining. Well, and we had our finances in line. Um, Paul, a lot of people don't realize Paul's been subsidizing this business for a long time um, and works basically for free. Um, I, we don't have a lot of bills. We made sure we took care of all that. Mm -hmm. And so we don't need to make a lot of money. And our goal, we have our financial goals, which I think are very modest, especially for a doctor and an engineer. Um, and so it, it kind of depends on what your financial goals are, how much you think you want to make, how much are, is, is it going to, you know, take to pay your bills. And I don't know what your bills are, but, um, you know, I had student loans that, you know, thank goodness I paid off with the help of Paul. <laughs> so anyway, simplify, simplify your life, you know, because uh, there's a lot of stuff that you're probably spending your money on that you don't need to. And so I would encourage you to simplify as much as possible, get your bills down to a minimum, and keep your day job while you grow your practice. That's sound advice. All right. Well, and then I will end with this. Don't think you can cure every single patient because you can't. And that's okay. This, but com it, this comes back to what you're talking about, the stress, because you'll, you'll yes, worry yourself. you'll worry, because you will sit there like, what's wrong with this patient? I don't know why they're not getting better. There are patients that you're going to have that simply don't get better, okay? Not no me. matter what you do, they don't get better. And it is a, it's, it's hard to swallow. You, it's, it, it don't, 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 don't make it, it's not a reflection on you as a clinician. It's just for, there's just things that we don't know yet about the human body. And, and you know, and so don't, don't take it too hard. Don't be too hard on yourself when you find, when you, when you encounter that, that patient at whatever you've done, it just doesn't help because, because they do, they, they still do appreciate the fact that you're trying. Even I've had those patients where they were like, just scratching their heads, both of us are researching, we can't figure it out. But you know what? They appreciated the fact that I at least cared enough to keep trying. And to listen. And to listen. You know, because there's, there's toxin exposures and all kinds of things that have happened to people that, sh that they are, aren't aware of and neither are you. Or people come to us who are, who are aware of the toxin exposure and there's just nothing we can do and about nothing it. nothing we can do about it. Yeah. There's some things that have caused permanent damage to people. Not that... <laughs> Not that you can't overcome that, because the good Lord can overcome everything, you know. Um, but it, it's just, just accept the fact that um, you cannot bat a thousand with functional medicine or any type of medicine. Okay. All right, that's all we got for you. I hope you found it um, informative. And uh, if you have questions, you know how to reach me, Facebook Messenger. That's where a lot of you guys reach out to me or you send me messages on our, our Facebook page, which is which is fine. I, I like helping you guys who want to get into this because we need you. Uh, our society needs you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and yeah, the more you spread the word, it, at some point in the future, there'll be enough functional medicine doctors where hopefully there can be some forums where you start sharing 
these difficult cases, right. and there'll be research on it. But and, right. and there are. There's, there's some forums where we can do that. IFM offers that as well. All right, guys. Um, that's it for now. We will talk to you soon, I hope. Yes. All right. Take care. Right, bye-bye. I don't take nothing that a doctor don't prescribe. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't smoke no blood, man. I don't do no drugs, man. It angers up that blood, man, so I don't do no drugs. I just take Paxil, Xanax, Olap, Olap, Morphine, Valtrex, Flonix.